Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Hi, everyone. Nick Smolowski here with Bad Elf. We're doing another Geoholics Tech Minute. I wanted to actually talk about Bad Elf. This summer, we are running a webinar series uh, focusing in on the new Bad Elf Flex, GNSS, best management practices, different software uh, integrations. Uh, we are on our third presentation uh, coming up here in a few weeks. If you are stuck inside, uh, avoiding the heat, or need an excuse to learn a little bit about GNSS products, it is op absolutely a good uh, option for you. Uh, you can follow us on the social media platforms, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, or you can look at our YouTube channel, and you can definitely find those webinar. Uh, we'd love to see you there. That's going to be the quick minute uh, for today. If you have any questions, this is Nick uh, with Bad Elf. You can reach me at sales at bad-elf.com. That's sales at bad-elf.com. Thanks, everybody. Y'all have a good one. Another one of my all-time favorite bands. Welcome, everyone, to the Fun Zone, also known as the Geoholics Podcast. And thank you for listening. This is episode 44, also known as the Hammering Hank Aaron episode. All-time home run leader. A little bit about Hank Aaron. Unbelievable. I don't even, is this true? 20-time All-Star? Mm -hmm. Holy crap. Three-time Gold Glove, two-time NL batting champion, four-time NL home run leader, of course, four-time NL RBI leader. MLB records include 2,297 career runs batted in, 6,856 career total bases, 1,477 career extra bases, and of course he's inducted into the MLB Hall of Fame in 1982. Some could argue he still holds the... I do. Home run record. Come on. Barry Bonds' head exploded. <laughs> He's hitting 70 at age 40. It just makes oh, no sense. Man, but. that's a whole other podcast, but I can't say that I disagree with you. Please consider joining the Geoholics fan club. For every 25 bucks you contribute to the Geoholics GoFundMe account, you will receive an unbelievable Geoholics fan pack. I've gotten some messages from folks that have been receiving the new fan pack, and uh, they're like, oh my God, all this for 25 bucks? Are you kidding me? Along with, having, <laughs> along with you having your name <laughs> mentioned on the next podcast, and we do have a new contributor. Okay. McKenna Grow. Yeah. Contributor. Name Absolutely. sounds familiar. Who could that be? I feel like, I feel like, like somebody strong armed that one. It could be my daughter. I don't know. <laughs> that opening number, of course, is U2. The name of the song is Vertigo. Uh, U2. Man, oh man. What a resume. Released 14 studio albums, have sold an estimated of 170 million records worldwide, have won 22 Grammy Awards, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2005. Rolling Stone Magazine ranked U2 number 22 on its list of 100 greatest of all times. And you know what? I've seen them six times. Six times. That is uh, six yep. more than me. Yep. The very first time. <laughs> I mean, I'm an old guy, of course. 1984, Aragon Ballroom in Chicago with the Water Boys. And I think there was maybe maybe a thousand people there i have no idea it was just an open room you know with a stage and it was it was unbelievable so that was my my youtube claim to fame shout out to our friends of the po, po shout out to our friends of the program thanks for believing in us and your continued support first and foremost we have bad elf gps you can find them at bad-elf.com they successfully are developing high-accuracy GPS receivers for all-day data collection. And thanks to Dr. Nick, of course, uh, for the Bad Elf Tech Minute. And some exciting news. Um, 
if you mentioned that you heard about the Flex receiver on the Geoholics, you're going to receive $100 off your purchase and a kick-ass fitted Bad Elf hat. I saw it today. It is freaking cool. So when you purchase the Flex, make sure you mention the Geoholics. We can't forget Lance Rivera's United. Uh, Justin Farrow, the largest global community of geomatics professionals on the internet. 17,000 members. We're looking at 15,000 downloads. They're, they, they're ahead of us on members. Yep. we got to catch up. Uh, LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Go check out the website. Five minutes. Become a member. Join the fun. Great website. And we have, this is new, we have LiDAR News as a new friend of the program. So they are the virtual home of the LiDAR industry. They strive to provide their readers and sponsors with the most current information about 3D laser scanning, LiDAR, unmanned aerial systems, and photogrammetry. The LiDAR News team focuses on the application of technology to solve 3D problems. Check them out at LiDARnews.com. And with that education in mind, Parkland College, their land survey program in Champaign, Illinois, they have two options which provide opportunities for traditional learning and working adults to achieve a certificate or associate's degree in land surveying. You can find more information about them at parkland.edu slash surveying. And we have Diamondback Land Surveying, Trent Keenan, now infamous for his calves. They specialize in residential, commercial, and public works projects. Corporate office is located in Las Vegas, Nevada, but they are licensed to work across the entire West region. Also a proud sponsor and brand ambassador of Get Kids Into Survey. You can find them at diamondbacklandsurveying.com and getkidsintosurvey.com. Now I got to follow that act. Yep. Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc., AGSGPS.com. They have unbeatable deals on new and used equipment, rentals, supplies. Um, and as friends of the program, if you go to their website, AGSGPS.com slash shop, ugh, we're both struggling today, and use the promo code GEO15, they'll give you 15% off all regular priced field supplies, accessories, and safety equipment. Absolutely. And we're here. We're back in uh, producer Jake's Beat Lab studio. I kind of feel like I'm more in a uh, virtual reality lab. There's like scanners hooked up in the <laughs> ceiling and shit like that. I'm like, what is going on? Is it, are we actually doing this podcast or is this all virtual reality? We're in a simulation, yeah. It's a simulation? Yeah. Maybe our lives are simulations. Who knows at this point, right? Jake's just exposing us to the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Let's catch up with the boys. Producer Jake, how are you now? I'm doing good, guys. Um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to my boy and the king of Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> on signing his $503 million, half a billion dollar contract. <laughs> Largest contract in sports is what they were saying. Um, I don't know where soccer, how if that is like bigger than that or how that works but huge contract 10-year contract love to have him locked up for the next 12 years 12 more super bowls in line <laughs> Jeez, i don't know about that just I, just a couple weekends ago i actually hung up the um the super bowl flags down in the garage so room for 12 more for sure um <laughs> oh but yeah super excited to see that i like him on that long-term deal i like how he wants to be a chief for life and that's many years of I haven't been around that long but many years of struggling being a Chiefs fan this is where it all pays off Dude, so. you have no idea what struggling is that's all I can tell you there was a couple a couple losing losing seasons I mean obviously I haven't been in it for that long but 
But there's been some time. Before this past Super Bowl, it's 1969. Try being a Cubs fan. Thank God they won one in my lifetime. I was going to say, you got one. You're, you're good. No, that's that, that's that kind of. argument's gone. We're that's yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel as a Chiefs fan now, too. At least I got one here. But I don't know. I think, um, what, there's like some, like, we got like 21 starters or something returning next season. So we're going to run it back. Should be a good year for you. No doubt about it. Hey, I wanted to congratulate you another uh, one more time on the uh, the I. YT day skipper certification that you achieved. Mm. So I want some clarification. What does that allow you to do? Uh, I don't have my wallet. I'm, I actually got my little license um, yeah. last night and I just put it in my wallet. But basically what it is, is like you can sail a vessel up to like 33 or something meters off the coast of like five nautical miles or something during the day. Here we go. I got it right here. Five but, nautical miles. You ready? So it goes... Um, to skipper a vessel up to 10 meters in inland or coastal waters less than five miles offshore during daylight hours and moderate wind and sea conditions. <laughs> so if, uh, if the, where, where, you want, where you're wanting to sail checks all of those boxes, then I'm your guy. It's, your, it's like a learner's permit. So could, yeah. you, so could you sail around the Bahamas? No. No. Not quite yet. Not quite no. yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, okay. does, what does it take for you to be able to do that? There's a, co- a few more classes we got to take. We got to go to California, and, but it, it's on. It's lined up. It's going to take some time, and there's okay. some, some stepping stones to get there, but it's lined up. Let me know when you get that certification, because I completely forgot that I have a friend that has a place in the Bahamas, and he <laughs> would freaking love to have us stop by on the boat. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. We could have our own chasing <laughs> bubbles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's excellent. I'm uh, Yeah, congratulations again. Thank you. <laughs> Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, not a whole lot new going on in the world, except for uh, hoping for sports to come back. I'm itching, and uh, I, I got to ask Jake this one. I saw that the Redskins and the Indians are possibly changing their names, yeah. and they have the odds out for what the, the team names are going to be. Is your bookie taking action on that? I don't know. Probably, there's probably <laughs> some lines on that we can check out. Well, what? Okay, I saw what the, are the alternatives? I saw, uh, the one of the leaders in the clubhouse for the Indians was the Naps. Stupid. Well, I don't. I don't get that one. Dumb. Is that like something Midwest that I just don't know? Or? I don't. I've never even heard of it. I don't know what that can mean. The okay. Chiefs were kind of getting some fire there too. They I'm wanted, sure they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, like the Atlanta Braves just said, "No, we're good. We'll keep it and move on." So don't get me started on that BS. It's just yeah, it's interesting of how everything is getting blown out of proportion. I think people just need to get back to normal life and be distracted with things. So and mm-hmm. myself included. But I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. After the news that came out, I think it was yesterday, about Kaepernick signing this deal with Disney. Mm-hmm. Are you still a Disney fan? I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even hear about it. So What was the deal? I didn't hear about it. Oh, he like, signed some multi-million dollar deal. He's doing like you know some sort of autobiography. You know, Of course, he's whatever. I don't want to I don't it. blame him. It's business. There's money to be made. Yeah, but it's, Disney doesn't have to be dabbling they're, they're, in that. They're not usually controversial, but they, it's probably the ESPN brand of Disney that they're, they're going with. But, yep. you know, he made the deal with Nike and they lost some people. And it's I, I don't care enough to cut off a brand for something like that. I guess that's yeah. just my apathetic, you know, lifestyle. Mm. <laughs> but You're a nice guy. What about you, Kent? What's new? What's new? Um, so the lovely Megan and I, we pretty much caught up on all our Netflix uh, series we were watching. So we started Yellowstone, not Netflix, but really freaking good. I don't know if you guys have seen it on 
um, Paramount, Paramount. I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great series. We're only about seven episodes in the first season, but it is awesome. And there was a surveyor sighting in episode two. I don't know if you remember it. Uh-oh. End of episode two, you know, they were uh, they were talking about running, I think it was either a gas line or some power or something like that across the reservation. And sure as shit, here's some surveyors out there, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> kind of a cameo, but it's still pretty cool. And yeah, I must excited. mention Kevin Costner is one of my fraternity brothers, as a matter of fact, fellow Delta Chi. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, oh, what else besides that? Oh, I read an interesting article yesterday about how cell phones may be the Trojan horse of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, gosh. Where people need, and this is, I mean, it makes sense. Let's face it. I mean, first of all, cell phones are freaking dirty. We know that. How many people clean them on a regular basis, Jake? I know you said before <laughs> that you do, but I, you're in the minority, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. I agree. We need to be cleaning our cell phones every day because i mean they're carrying all these germs and of course people are traveling with them and this and that and who knows i i, I think you should look at it as a third hand honestly yeah you wash know, it clean, wash it like a third hand well how do those like uv things work that you put it in and it supposedly mm. disinfects it like, yeah i saw those those started to like to get some traction when all of this started who knows if the, i don't know I, yeah. i'm not a scientist <laughs> <laughs> i go to you for all this uh, tech advice yeah, jake's a smart in, one of the i group. come in this house and it's like oh my goodness what what new is technologically going to do it for me <laughs> step forward in time it's amazing and the only other thing i want to mention the 2021 bronco is being well the, the uh, it's being released i guess officially on monday the 13th uh and it's funny they were going to release it on july 9th but that was like the anniversary of the whole oj samson thing oh my and it God. wasn't that it wasn't, wasn't intentional awesome. it wasn't intentional but they caught it and so like you know we can't do it on the 9th so we're gonna do it on the 13th so i personally I'm a huge fan, huge fan of the old, you know, late 60s Broncos. And I'm hoping that this is going to, you know, really capture the spirit of that. And if it does. Give your I, name on one. I might be. Uh oh. I might be putting down a deposit. Wow. So we'll see. Uh, let's see. Let's move on. So we got the Safety Apparel GeoShare. Safety Apparel, of course, has the best safety vests available anywhere on this planet. Uh, check them out at safetyapparel.us and follow them on all social media platforms. This one's really short because I want to get to our guest tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. So the topic of this GeoShare is, um, you know how we talk? Uh, we've talked a lot of different ep- on a d- lot of different episodes about having like a survey school, like a, just like something for people who are just getting into the profession and need to know the basic things. And typically they start out in the field. So a school that kind of teaches them how to be a party chief and that type of thing. So get this, not surprising. So the Survey Association, also known as TSA in the UK, they are the trade body for commercial survey companies in the UK, sort of like NSPS here in the States is my understanding. So they have a formal survey school. You can check it out at surveyschool.org. Dot UK, but it starts from the basics. It's like a, a formalized program that kind of gets people who have no experience in the profession into the profession, and it just kind of gets them going, you mm-hmm. know. And it, it it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I would highly recommend. I, I I wish, and I think there is an opportunity for somebody to develop something like that here in the states. If it was NSPS, that would be absolutely fantastic because they have the backing to do it. Um, but check it out: surveyschool.org.uk. Okay. And we've talked about that before. Of A lot of people don't know, A, what a surveyor is and yep. then how the, the path to that career works. Absolutely. It just amazes me how surveyors are held at a completely different regard in the UK than they, and, and other countries for that matter than they are here in the States. So this could be a step in the right direction. Let's get on to our guests this evening. 
He's putting his game face on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have Cameron, the Igniter Hughes with us. He is a professional sports entertainer and public speaker. A little bit about Cameron. Born and raised in Ottawa, Canada. Attended Bishop's University in Quebec. Quebec. Quebec, Canada. Home of the Gators. We're going to have to ask him about that because it's not like gators like an alligator. It's G-A-I-T-E-R-S. Not sure what that is, but we're going to find out. And we're going to ask him about Melonhead. Okay. Just in a second. (laughs) Hobbies include hiking, beach volleyball, reading, breast cancer fundraising. Kudos to him for that. And doing videos for people just to make them happy. I love that. He has been a sports entertainer for 26 years. Damn, he's old. Performed (laughs) at over 1,500 events. Three-time winner of Best Sports Act. (laughs) He's got the best job title (laughs) in the world. His job title is Crowd Igniter. And just a little bit more, because this is awesome. Addicted to making people have fun. I love that. Grew up with Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. Came in last at an eighth grade track race but he's made it to olympics (laughs) cameron welcome to the geoholics thanks so much for being here buddy that's the greatest introduction of my life thank you for having me guys um i don't even know i'm like speechless i didn't know some of that stuff (laughs) i am finally overcoming last in my grade eight race after making it to the olympics twice so it's quite an honor. I think I should start this whole show. Now it's my show, by the way. Um, that my uncle from Toronto is a um, land surveyor Stop. and has been for years. So when I was asked to do this, I was like, yes, I can finally find out what it means. Oh my God, that is unbelievable. Hey, everybody, it's very you know, by the way, everybody so, has has a, a connection to serving somehow way shape or form it's I, I i just don't understand it but it's a it's a great profession and awesome i mean i'd like to learn more about your uncle we'll talk offline about that super cool <laughs> tell us about um so first of all what is a gator at uh, from bishop what is a gator and talk to us a little, little bit about Melonhead. i saw something online about that that might have been the start of it all for you who knows yeah, I went to a university up in Canada on the border of Quebec and Vermont, and the team name was based on a gator. It's like a boot legging. It's like it holds your boot up. Yep. And they obviously weren't very original in creating like a, a look or a mascot feel for it. So it ended up just being a gator, uh, which is, you know, obviously an alligator. And so they kind of unofficially changed that. Yep. But I was at going to the football games, and I was upset that nobody was cheering, sort of my life story. <laughs> So one day, my friend who ended up playing in the NFL for a couple of weeks um, um, from the football team said, hey, the games are boring. Can you do something to excite us? And you shouldn't normally dare me, right? Like, it's just not a great idea because I'm probably going to do it. So I went to the local grocery store. I bought a massive watermelon, put it on my huge head, <laughs> put a cape on, uh, put a cape on, made a D in a fence. And I walked into the stadium and I was known as Melonhead for the next four or five years. So uh, that's why I was been single my whole life. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So now, I mean, 26 years later, you've been performing for 26 years. Unbelievable. Before we kind of get into this, and we've got a number of questions for you. What do you do? <laughs> what do I do? I mean, it's a brilliant question. I, I, I go to games and I ultimately like, to be really simple, I fire up crowds. And when I say fire up, I do, you know, there's big intro and I come up and I dance and I then throw t-shirts to the crowd. And then after the big intro sort of reveal where we set the tone for the night for, you know, like you go to an event, you go to your, your, 
a wedding or something, there ha there's a moment at any big event that needs that liftoff. I'm kind of the guy at a lot of these sporty events and corporate events and speaking and all sorts of different events that I've been able to do that I'm, I'm the guy that's the spark and the liftoff guy, you know, and then throughout the game, I roam around the stadium and I, you know, twirl t-shirts and get people clapping and laughing. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm kind of the added value. Yeah. Oh my God. I like, like that. The added value. <laughs> absolutely. Like a, like a conductor of electricity. It's, it's unbelievable. So if, uh, tell me, is it true that, that this kind of like happened, like you were at a Senator's game? And you were with a buddy and all of a sudden you just said, I'm doing this. And you got up and you did your thing and it just kind of took off from there. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I was always the crazy guy in high school and I was a mascot for a AAA baseball team. And I was like, like I said, the melon head. And then, and then, you know, it's like that moment where you just finally decide to be yourself and stop caring about what anyone thinks. And that was the moment I got up at the game in front of 10,000 people, totally sober. <laughs> and I, I started going nuts like in my seat with eight minutes to go because the crowd wasn't cheering and I'm like why are we paying all this money to go to a game and not having fun and my buddy who took me is like my dad didn't give me these tickets for this kind of behavior right <laughs> and I was young and trying to I didn't know what I was doing with my life and it was just the right place the right time the right game the right you know and I always say anyone out there that's like in, in life looking for that spark is you, you don't you build for it, but you never know when it's going to come, right? You know, it's like, and it happened. Yes, it did. And I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting at games. I mean, we're here in Arizona, and I'll be honest with you, the fan base isn't like ultra no, passionate about their teams. But I'm from Chicago originally, so those fans, of course, are ultra passionate about their teams. So it was really disheartening to me when I moved to Arizona and I went to, you know, local you know team games, whether it be Diamondbacks or Cardinals or you know, whoever, and the fans were just boring, mm -hmm. you know, and it just, it's like, oh my God, this atmosphere is freaking awful. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, like, I'm like, I wish there was something I could do to liven up this crowd. And you took it one step further. You felt that same way and you're like, screw it, I'm doing it. And you stood up and you just made it happen. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because there's like, you know, 26 years ago, we didn't have the fancy electronics and, and, and all the media stuff that we have now. But if you look at like YouTube and all those funny videos that go viral of people at sporting events, they usually do something and then they sit back down and their moment's over, right? Whereas what I did was for some reason, I don't know why, um, maybe my therapist thought it was a good idea, I kept going. <laughs> but the next whistle after the first time I got up, is the, I tell everyone that's why I've had this accidental career. I could have got up, had the funny moment, like we all, like you say, like a lot of fans want to do, like, yeah. let's go Mets, let's go Cubs, whatever it is. And then you sit down and you're done. I got up the second time and went to the aisle and started going up and down the aisle and going nuts. And, <laughs> and if, if, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't, I don't know if my career would have been the same. Like that was like, the, the fans were like, come on, man, keep going, keep going. And my big thing in a lot of the events and places I talk about, it's like, it's like when you get up, when you put yourself out there, the crowd, like will cheer you on. They're like, Hey, thanks for taking the, this risk. We needed this. You know what I mean? And I always come back to the wedding and I know it's, it's, I'm not being as facetious where it's like crazy uncle Bill gets up at the wedding and starts to do the crazy dance. Well, the wedding probably needed that moment to happen, to change the, you know, and you go to all these conferences that you guys probably go to where you need someone to go, all right, let's crank it now. Let's go. We'll, we'll get behind you, but we need someone to start it. 
Now, do you feel like at these corporate events, Steve Ballmer stole your uh, your idea? Did you ever see him with Microsoft when he came out? And he's like, "We're gonna do this." He's going all nuts. <laughs> I think he I, I think he got a little uh, competition there, but nobody can do it like Cameron. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Nobody can do it like Steve. If you're you know if you're worth five, whatever five billion dollars, <laughs> you know you don't look that dumb, do you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I stopped. You know, sort of to your point, though, it's like. I stopped caring a long time ago because, you know, the people people want it, right? The people want someone to like to be that guy. And yeah. when you're a leader, you've got to have a bit of sense of, you know, be be fearless, you know. Absolutely. Um, and I think that uh, it's funny when I was at university, being Melonhead, um, I ran for student president, and the guy that ran against me said, "Our school needs a leader, not a cheerleader." And I was like, "Really?" Yeah. yeah. I mean, I obviously won the election, but. Uh, <laughs> are we getting, am I being too deep? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. You said something that I, 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 you know, just having the guts to take that first, that leap. I mean, everybody has yeah. it inside of them, but very, very few people allow that to come out, whether it be, you know, at a sporting event or as a leader. Um, man, oh man. I mean, kudos to you for, <laughs> for doing okay, it. Well then on that note, awesome. so so, okay. Thank you. You go to the games in Arizona. Why didn't you do something at the games to get the crowd going? What's it's a great, it's a great question, and it's just because I, I, I guess people and I, I fall in this category. It's like um, maybe I'm afraid to embarrass myself or my wife or whoever's with me. That type thing. Do I have it in me? Absolutely. There's no doubt I have it in me, and it's like pent up energy. And I, I just, I, I never have the, I guess the cojones to actually follow through with it. You know, it, it's crazy. And speaking of well, when Arizona, I come to Arizona, I'll take you to a game. We'll do it together. Yeah. You know what? If we do it together that first time and then after that just let me go and i'll be good to go well i usually <laughs> let them loose for my three games a year here in arizona and it's rooting for the other team and i can confirm that people will tattle on you if you say anything bad or or just get on their nerves like some <laughs> old lady tried to get me kicked out of a game because i said this guy sucks she was like that's bad language well, I'm like, oh, I said sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I literally blew my voice out last year. So I was, I was trying to pull a Cameron. So Cameron, if we did go to a game together and you got me out of my seat and I started dancing and doing everything that you do, at that point, are you going to sell me a franchise? You'd have to buy, you know, you have to buy in. Prove, <laughs> prove your ability to t twirl a t-shirt really well. You, know, you got to have your arm strength as well. I think that's one thing. Like that's, I had a t-shirt business uh, when I started off in Ottawa. So I started wearing t-shirts at the games and nobody was throwing out t-shirts off their back. Nobody still does. Uh, I've had mm. some copycats and good for them, but it's always the t-shirt gun. And in my career, except for maybe once or twice when it started, I never use a t-shirt gun. I don't need a t-shirt gun. I got one right here. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a, I think a live tryout would, would be the best route to go. All right. Well, I'm going to take you up on that whenever we have live sports in Arizona again. I got a, uh, I got a, I got a, a, a nice cozy room you can stay in. <laughs> a Murphy bed that might fall on you, but, you know. Sounds good uh, now, now, you uh, started at the Ottawa Senators game. Is hockey your favorite sport? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's my favorite sort of big sport like that. I think uh, it also plays in well to what I do. You know, I've done you know a lot of games in Vegas, and, and I've actually done a bunch of Coyotes games. And it's the NBA is great, and I've done a lot of NBA, but it's like NBAs. There's always something. There's cheerleaders, dance squads, spirit squads, drum lines, and hockey. It's more like fast-paced action and and in the crowd. And you know, you can't get on the ice. And NBA and NFL, you can get on the on the field, so to speak. 
So I like hockey. I like it's faster. Absolutely. My favorite live spectator sport, no question. And what's the best venue you've performed at? The best venue? Well, Madison Square Garden, for sure. That was I an think easy for answer. me, it was like the kid from high school who didn't make his basketball team. And, you know, there I am cheering on the Knicks in 2008 or 2009. That's awesome. And it was just like, I remember taking the subway up and just being like, I can't believe like they're going to pay me to be at Madison Square Garden. It was <laughs> nuts. And then I ended up coming back a bunch and some, a lot of crazy stories based on that. But that's up there. And I've done, you know, Olympics was great and the U.S. Open was great. And But then there's like, you know, the minor league games in the smallest towns across the U.S. and Canada and, you know, in the middle, in, you know, in the middle of the prairies in Canada, it's minus 50. And you're like, do we really need to play hockey tonight? Is this really that important? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, after 26 years, I think, you know, one thing that's kept me going is I'm grateful for all the opportunities because whether it's a small, you know, hockey game in Louisiana or, you know, doing the Cavaliers, you know, finals for the last few years, yeah, it's, it's equally cool to be able to share your passion, right? Absolutely. So the, the energy that you generate, I mean, it's contagious. I mean, people want to feel that when they go to a sporting event and people also kind of crave, you know, a, that personal interaction, of course, with COVID-19, um, you know, it may be a while before we have that, unfortunately. Um, oh, so you're telling me my career is over right no, now? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's but, just on hold. But I mean, you know, like just people in general. And I, I mean, you, on hold. how how is not having access to that kind of energy and that kind of ec- energy and uh, uh, interaction, I guess, affecting us? I think it's really I think it's really uh, affecting us negatively and, and almost uh, getting to a point where it's a bit dangerous in the sense of like, you know, our mental wellness of, of you go to games, like you go to live events, let's say, to let loose, to connect to the community, to be part of an experience with your friends, your family, your loved ones. And when you can't go and sing to your favorite song or cheer on your favorite team or let loose from whatever stress, I think it starts to like affect you. And, and I'm the guy that's like going out there to, to, to be that guy. So I was joking when a while ago I wrote, anyone else suffering from cheer oppression? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, it's the sense of not only is it connecting with your community, but it's an outlet to express yourself. And I think, you know, you know, now that the NHL and the NBA and all these other sports teams are going to come back, it's like, okay, great. Another reason to stay in tonight and watch TV. Oh wait, I was already doing that. (laughs) So, you know, I hope they figure out ways to make, you know, figure out ways to at least engage fans. But um, it's, I think it's tough for a lot of people. I think they should just let one fan in to every well, game, yeah. and that would be you. <laughs> well, I, or or you could auction off, like let's say the Mets are playing the Cardinals one night, yeah. and you, you have an auction for one person from each team gets to go, or male and female, and they auction it off, and it goes to charity. You know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That would be an excellent experience. They yeah, it'd be great to watch. The, they pan back to the crowd, and they're just like <laughs> sitting there. You know? <laughs> yeah. So they've um. I mean, they got to do something because, I mean, I saw some highlights yesterday from like the uh, Diamondbacks Center squad game. And it's just, oh, it's freaking depressing. <laughs> it's so quiet. There was that one game like a couple years ago when Baltimore was having riots or whatever, where I think it was the Orioles and the White Sox played with nobody in the fi- in the stands. And I remember that one specifically being boring. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be weird. And some sports don't lend well to it, obviously. But uh I hope they figure out, you know, I'm in talks with a few organizations to 
figure out some creative way to engage fans. But like, yep. what are you going to do? Go go live to uh, Joan and Jim are watching the game. Let's go to their living room and see the hearing. <laughs> there, there was some TV show. It's like celebrities watching TV. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Awful. <laughs> How about the UFC fights lately, though? They don't have... Um, any sort of fans or audience there and yep. there's some parts about it that's cooler that i like way. It. i feel I you, you can hear more you can like feel more of it yep it seems more like like a real brawl so i feel like some uh, live events can tailor towards that and then some of them they just it can't that there, there's no point they can't yeah work that. well yeah. golf golf i think tailors well to not having fans for yep. sure agreed you know agreed. i mean I think it's going to be, uh, anyhow, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So when you're at a game, do like do the fans, they don't know ahead of time that you're going to be there, right? Like, is there some sort of promotion that, that happens that says, like, Cameron Hughes at the game tonight type thing? Uh, For the most part in my career, uh, I haven't done that. Um, I, I've always wanted it to be a surprise factor. Yep. Even if I'm known in the city, like Vegas, I've done 45 games for their hockey team. Mm -hmm. And they still don't, you know, we don't be like, Cameron will be there Thursday against the Blackhawks. Um, some minor league teams have promoted me and it's like, he'll be there. And people that don't know me are like, don't care. People mm -hmm. that know me are like, cool. Yep. Um, but I, I think the surprise factor works better no matter what, even if they know me always, yep. you know. Right, right. Um, I think that we're missing that. Everything's, you know, programmed, and this is going to happen. And before the game, come for a special thing. It's like just come to the game. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. I think I think that we've become so focused on programming it, where we're losing, and depending on technology, that we lose the true human connection. Yeah. That, like your your question was, we're losing that right now, right? Totally. So, I think we're going to get back to it in a pretty dramatic way when it all ends someday yeah <laughs> so these teams that that hire you to come to games um they obviously find tremendous value in that and there's got to be a way that they... well, look at me wouldn't you find value in me like, <laughs> absolutely <honestly. laughs> carved out of uh, granite this guy uh but there's like there's got to be a quantifiable way that they I mean like they see do they see dollars you know like hey you know if we have if we pay cameron to be here and pay him this and blah 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 we know that in return we're gonna see x amount of dollars or something like that you know and is that do you think so do you think that that's in their thought process i don't know i don't know if that's the thought process it. i don't know if that's the thought process but i think that it's got to be quantifiable you know i think that you being there has to increase well, revenues also you know i mean you bring value well you know i mean i, I i've I've tracked it in the sense of I've asked like a minor league team president to tell me what he thinks like all the upside was, you know, yeah. but you know, I've never like, there's been a lot of team executives over my career who have said, it's not worth the money. It's like, I, I, I don't see the results. And then I go to a game in like middle of May, you know, in Winnipeg, Manitoba for an AHL hockey team, the Manitoba moose on a Saturday night, I perform at the game. And by the end of the week, there's a million and a half views on the on my intro video that people <laughs> thought was funny. So my answer would be, well, what's how how often do you get? And by the way, I ended with three million views, three million. Wow. So how do you? Then it's like, okay, well, what is that worth? But so many team executives in sports are like, well, we already have the bells and whistles. We don't need me, or when I say me, I mean extra stuff. But yep. you do because. You ever been to a game and been like, oh, my God, honey, you're not going to believe I just did the tweet of the game and it was so much fun. No, but they'll <laughs> but you'll probably come home and say, oh, my God, I, I, you can't believe I, I got up in the seventh inning. I did this dance and or I caught a T-shirt from this crazy mascot or lunatic. 
You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's gotta be from the pure heart of the emotional experience that, that matters. And I think the teams that win and the teams that have been successful, yeah. you know, like you said, your Chicago teams, like they, 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 they hit you here in the heart. Absolutely. So you keep coming back and you keep sharing and you keep telling the story of what your experience was like. Yep. It's, it's important. Yeah. You mentioned some of your videos, you know, as far as having two and $3 million or million dollar, <laughs> three million views. A couple of my watch, there was Malcolm, of course, at the, uh, the, what was the, the Canada Sevens rugby in, in Vancouver. And I watched that video and it almost brought a tear to my eye. It was just like such a touching video. It was awesome. I mean, what an experience that had to be for not only Malcolm, but you as well. I mean, I'm sure it was completely unexpected. You know, that was the, I end every talk on that video. because I tell people it was the, uh, it took me, to, it was two years ago. It took me 24 years to get to this moment. It was the end of a day, 30,000 people at a big rugby party. And I got up and I was tired and I, I could feel this energy behind me. And I turn around and there's a bunch of young kids. And then I see a young kid, Malcolm, who was 18 at the time. And he starts dancing and twirling. And he's a great dancer, twirling the shirts I gave him. And then we stopped the music and did a slow clap. And the young boy has Down syndrome. And he he just owned the moment. Like It was like everything that I've, I get emotional talking about it. Everything I've ever done was like about that video shows it all. It's never been about me. It's about getting other people to celebrate the experience in life. And yep. what's funny about the video is that the next year they brought him back and not me. <laughs> <laughs> Stole yeah. the gig. It was such, yeah. a, such a great video. And it, I mean, it was we've, just... been, we've actually become, sorry, a side note, we've become really good friends and I, I awesome. love it. So it's like, that's what it's all about. It was, uh, I mean, I could just tell, even just watching it on YouTube, it was just such a pure, pure moment. Yeah. And that's the best part. Of, we all know this, right? The best part of sports, but also with sports is like, I could talk about this for 10 hours about how, you know, this scripted and technology and we mm. got to go to this live hit here. It's like, no, just go let the fans be there, you know? And, yeah. and, and I think that that's that great moment that allowed that to happen. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And then, of course, you're legendary at the U.S. Open now. And uh, as a result of your video with uh, with Novak Djokovic and, you know, <laughs> and, rec and well, not only that, but, you know, Rafa Nadal and Andy Murray and Roger Federer, of course, all recognizing you and what you brought to the stadium. And then you get brought down on the court and you're dancing <laughs> with Novak. And I'm just like, unbelievable. This is incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was it all started off with them saying no to hiring me to come and get the crowd going because they wanted to do something different. And I said, well, why don't you give me, I said I'd be in New York, which wasn't totally true. And I said, why don't you give me a shot, like a, a moment to get up and get the crowd going and $1. And they were like, sure, how's Thursday? And I did it and it worked. And I did it for eight years. Wow. And like you said, I've had all these great interactions with all these great tennis players, but also like with these fans going, you know, it's the lighter side of sports. Like get over yourselves. Yes, you're tennis. Yes, it's supposed to be proper, yep. but have some fun, you know, and. I got to, you know, Roger Federer asked me to come and perform at his charity event for the last two years with Bill Gates. And I'm like, yeah, I think I could be there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check the calendar. Yes. Maybe yeah. $2. Uh, $2. <laughs> I'm curious, have you ever tried to get a, uh, a curling crowd going? I have not, but I've been asked to at the Olympics and they stuck with the hockey, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but I think it would work uh, ish. Yeah. Ish. I like ish. the ish. Yeah. Well, where do you think I should? Where do you guys think I should try? Like, what's the next step for me? Uh, oh gosh, cornhole, water polo, 
<laughs> esports, perhaps. Esports. Yeah. Esports. I don't. I don't know about that. I, curling would be. I mean, I'm a curler, so that's why I asked the question. But I mean, it would be freaking cool. But the, 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 pro, the problem with curling is the fan base is like probably 55, 65 years old. Yeah, you know, 100, yeah. It's it's a little hard to probably get those. Uh, and those, they're too busy drinking and smoking, right? Yeah, yeah true. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it would be cool. They have the Continental Cup uh, every so often. I know they go back and forth between Vegas and Canada. And that would be a really cool event for you. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but if, if you're not, maybe uh, check out the Continental Cup. It'd be a great fit for you, I think. Yeah. Maybe bowling. Well, I mean, I, as I'm ending my, well, not ending, but like, with COVID and everything, it makes you start to think, okay, well, what else would I want to do? And I think now it's like the time to do some of the more abnormal events, you know? Sure. Do you think you could uh, ignite an esports e- crowd? I think it would have to be at one of the big stadium events, you know? I mean, yeah, I do. I think I think that I could ignite – I'm gonna, oh, my God, I'm about to say this. I think I can ignite any crowd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that the cockiest thing a guest has ever said? <laughs> that's pretty in- – uh, yeah, that's a No, problem. but I mean, I, I, I do because <laughs> I because right. I, I, I can read the crowd. I know when they need something. And it's like – you know what I mean? Like, And, and I think esports or curling, like, they need it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. You've been doing it 26 years. I would hope you mastered it at this point. <laughs> Anything after 26 years, if you haven't mastered it. Uh, that, yeah. But obviously, you're, like, you're doing sorry, it. The, I was gonna say, sorry, right? You're like, well, the guy lacking confidence. You shouldn't be lacking confidence <laughs> if you're going to get a crowd going, right? Exactly. Yeah, no doubt. Well, yeah, and, you're the, right. and the way you're doing it, it's done right. You're not doing anything inappropriate or, yeah. you know, being you negative. Know. Yeah, you're you're positive from what I can tell. Um, I have of course, otherwise I won't get hired, right? Exactly. So what's the cookbook? What are like the three ingredients, we'll say, to make sure that you get this crowd going no matter what? Is there a, a universal solution you know, to that, or is it different at every event? You'll have to read my book. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, the hard plug right there. Yeah, yeah. You didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> um, I've been saying that line for about 10 years, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, 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 oh, that's a great question. The three ingredients. Uh, number one, I think you have to make fun of yourself. Like realize that you're not like, you know, take, take make, yeah, make fun of yourself. Um, number two, you got to read the crowd. Like be really going to read the crowd. And I think number three is like a combination of building rapport and, and then having something to entice them. Like I have these t-shirts that I have, but at the same time, when you're in front of a crowd, you've got, you know, you have split seconds to get them to like you or to, to feed off you. And then you see, you know, the 80-year-old grandma, you're like, all right, I'm going to go for her because she's going to be, I think I think she could be funny. You get the grandma up and now you've built the rapport. You've done three things. You made fun of yourself. You know what I mean? You you you, you read the audience knowing that the granny's going to make the crowd laugh and yeah. now the granny's going to make be the star, right? Yeah. So that's sort of my, um, you know, unfiltered, you know, approach to my the, my cookbook you know I'm, I, I, I like I said I say this all the time I don't take what I myself seriously I'm, I, I don't I take what I do seriously not myself right um, and I think that that's the key and if all else fails just put a melon on your head yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so was there um well, I'll tell you what. So I, let's talk a little bit about your your public speaking side of things. So I know you've done presentations for like Indeed and Coca Cola and Remax and Whirlpool, um, and it's it's like a, a just get up movement. So what's the genesis of that, and how does it apply to business and life in general? We're going deep on this one. There's, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's so when I do a lot of events, I, I'm not introduced. I'm in the back of the room and I heckle the host and I'm like, this is boring. Let's <laughs> make this more fun. And people cannot believe that I'm doing it. I remember doing a sales event in, in New York for Indeed. It was around the time of the U.S. Open. 400 people there, probably 25 to 35 year olds, the sales group. And this really funny Italian guy gets up and he's like going and I said, hey, you're boring. And he's like, yo, what are you doing interrupting me? Like we kind of went at it. He's like, push me. He wanted me to push it. And everyone in the room's like, this guy's insane. He can't be telling them. So finally he says, well, hey, you know, like, look, you've interrupted me. It's not cool. What do you want to do? I'm like, let's play some music. And he's like, I'm in the middle of a sales event. And the whole room's like, is this happening? Wow. And the reason I'm sharing that story is because that's kind of like what I do at sport events, but it's sort of my message for life of like, let's not take ourselves too seriously. Let's have some fun. Let's break it down and let's connect as a community and come together. So I get up, I get dancing, I get the whole room going. And then, you know, ultimately I share my story and, you know, from, you know, I lost my mom in high school to breast cancer. That's why I do a lot of breast cancer work to, you know, not making the team to making it to Madison square garden by following you know, the path that, you know, uh, uncharted territory, but I just kept showing up and I kept getting up. And, you know, I, uh, in the book, I talk a lot about the rejection because all you hear about is, oh, you made it to MSG and Novak Djokovic, but the amount of no's that you get and the stories with that is what I think a lot of people take away uh, at a lot of the talks I've done and elegant persistence and what we need to do to be, in, you know, to, to work the room and being in front of people. So, it's different. It's not like, don't hire me. I always say to people, don't hire me if you want someone super polished with, you know, with all the notes and all the slides. If you want to hire someone that's going to move the audience and you're going to remember having a great time, let's party. <laughs> I, like, I like the winging it attitude. Yeah. You, you know, like we've gone over a bunch of times. You've been doing it long enough. There, There is no game plan. It's just natural at this point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have an idea what I'm going to say and, you know, I, it's all, it's well thought out. But it's not, you know, I, I don't, I'm not hired by, you know, Indeed because I'm going to go up and board them with a slideshow or presentation or, oh, today we have 200 decks from a guy who used to wear a watermelon on his head. Are you ready for this? <laughs> no, this is not going to work. And I think that what will come out of this, you know, in COVID and when, when, when we get to going back to corporate events, speaking events, public events, people are not going to, I don't know what you guys think. I'd be curious, but that's the last thing people are going to want is the, don't bore me, move me, do something different, like at another level, right? What do you guys think? I completely agree. Absolutely. And you mentioned it, you know, I mean, you, ha you personally, by, by doing this, I mean, you're, you're very vulnerable. You have to be humble to the core, basically. And, and those are things that also get you far in business as well, in addition to, you know, doing the public speaking or the motivational speaking that you do. Yeah. And I think that it's nice of you to say, and it's like, you, you have to put yourself out there for anything. I mean, you guys are doing this podcast and I applaud anyone. You put yourself out there. You started with one listener, yep. right? Yep. Literally. Exactly. So, and, and you, you had to put your, put yourself out there and you keep interviewing, you keep getting better. And I kept going to gigs and I got better and I got better and I got more confidence and more people buy into it. And, it's, it is, you know, I, I sit here and my book's almost done and I'm about to send it to the publisher and it's like, it's about, you know, all the, the, the things that you think about when you're going through it, you come to, come to light and it's, it's powerful, you know? Um, anyhow, not to go too deep, but it's kind of fun to go deep because 
you realize all the things you've learned along the way to get to where you want to go or get to where you think you want to go or get to where you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, I didn't know I was going to go here. I mean, I moved to LA to become a famous TV host and actor and that didn't turn out, but this other thing did and, you know, and pretty awesome. Yep. And and you know, it never would have happened if you didn't put yourself out there. Yeah. You know, you know the it, amount of rejection I faced doing all these hosting and acting and led to more opportunities to do more sports, something that I was great at and I love doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many people I think allow fear to control them and the fear of doing exactly what you've done and you've done it and look how successful you've been. So, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like, like you said, the podcast. I mean, we did, we started this about a year ago, had no idea what the hell we were doing. We like podcasting and we, but like you said, we put ourselves out there and here we are 44 episodes in 15,000 <laughs> downloads almost. So yeah, I mean, it, it keeps you motivated, you know, it keeps fuel on the fire. Especially during this whole COVID thing, it's something to do, you something know what I do. mean? And different. No, no. And I think basically, uh, unfortunately, like we said, your career is kind of on hold currently with this, but uh, as soon as it's over, people are going to be looking for you and they're going to, you know, yeah. You'll be the attraction to bring it back, and I don't want to say this because it sounds Reignited. corny, but yeah, he's going to be the guy that kind of makes it all feel better and back to normal. Yeah. Putting a yes. lot of pressure on you. But on that note, Brian, is that you? You you talk about like you know, you don't know also who's in the crowd that might need that. Yep. Whatever it is, I always say you don't know if it's someone's first game, and you don't want it to be your last game. And you guys don't know who's listening to your podcast that needed to hear a laugh, a joke, a different way to think something. Yep. And that's like, I've been trying to really celebrate that in the book of like, you don't know who, no. who, who, you know, I've done talks for companies and high schools hit harder because the kids need it, you know, and six months later you get an email from a kid at the school who shares something with you and you're like bawling your eyes out and you're like, Oh my God, maybe I am doing right. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it, it's, right. it's, and, but it's important to acknowledge it. And that's why, I think 26 years later, I'm still as grateful as ever, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so anyhow. Yeah, no doubt. And so you mentioned doing this for 20. So why do, why do you think this happened to you? I mean, was it as a result of you just putting my yourself calling. out there? It's my calling. When did you realize that? I haven't yet, but I'm just saying that. So it, <laughs> <laughs> it came out so quickly, like a stock answer. But, you know, when you go to a game, everybody, I think, wants to do what you do. But everybody, not everybody can do it. They get, like Kent said, they let the fear control well, them. And you kind of give them that experience that and make it look look acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, my, my, my buddy who's the head of entertainment for the Colorado Avalanche and the, and the Denver Nuggets in the <laughs> same organization. Nice. He said to me that when they wanted to, you know, when they're in the boardroom, like, let's do something new. When he pitched me all the GMs of the team said, well, why don't we just find a local guy? And he goes, don't you think I would have, if I could have, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it was a compliment to me, but like, there's a lot of people who are great at getting crowds going, but there's a different element to what I do. And like yep. the crazy drunk person, uh, you know, in section one Oh four who can get everyone doing, let's go whatever team, but there's a difference between roaming a stadium and, you know, being able to do it and in a way that doesn't disrupt or, disrespect the game and i've i've studied it you know yeah. so uh, i have zero other talents like literally when you ask me what my what i like to do and stuff i'm like i i don't know anything else <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny i was watching um 
I think it was like a, a video on Bleacher Report or something like that. And it was these guys, it was just like a, you know, a home from their, their cell phone or whatever. It's like these guys sitting at the, probably the last row in the stadium at, um, uh, I don't know, it was with LeBron James. I'm not sure if it was when he was in Cleveland or Miami or, or LA or wherever he was. But there's like, you know, six guys in the very last row and they're yelling, oh, yeah. yelling to him, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. And finally, I mean, they literally got his attention. And you can see in the video, he looks up at him and he points at him. And these guys just go <laughs> nuts to be recognized like that, you know? And I just, you know, those same feelings have to kind of parallel kind of what you do, you know? Yeah. I mean, my, I think that's a, that's a great story, but it's also like, for me, it's about getting the, the kid on my shoulders at a game, twirling the t-shirt or like, you know, the Malcolm moment is, was, was extra special because how much yeah. he owned the moment that was a little extra, but you know, my best videos on, on my social media and all that is with other people. It's not me, you know? Yeah. And I think that that sort of comes to what you were saying about creating that experience for other people. And yeah. we're going to need a lot more of that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're going to be in high demand. No doubt. How many, I'm how many actual hearing. tickets to a sporting event have you bought in the last 26 years? <laughs> oh my God. I've never been asked that. <laughs> I don't know. Five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind buying them though. Like, Oh, yeah. like I'm now I'm like, Oh, I should I have to, do I have to pay for this? This is kind of weird. <laughs> Um, I've given out, uh, thousands and I've probably asked for a couple of dozen from different people, but yeah, that's a that's funny awesome. question. <laughs> well, and then, okay. So all these moments that you talk about, uh, the people that you interact with, is that the motivation for you? Um, is it just to give everybody a good time at the end of the day? Um, I guess what, what excites you the most about this, this gig? Oh, it's, it's when you know that you've connected with someone and so you're in the crowd and you're taking the extra second or minute or whatever it is. And you, and you, and you know, you've got them right. And you're there and, and you, and you, whatever might've happened, whether it was, we threw popcorn, we threw t-shirts, we, we laughed, we let it cheer and the fans are with you and, and you're, and you're spouting off and you're talking and you're going on these little rants and they, they're with you. You know what I mean? And you might, you might push it a bit. And there's a few stories in my book that I share about pushing it where some people are like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, in that environment, I could. So I did it. <laughs> and you know that they're with you. And that's when I'm like, it's, the, the, it's not necessarily the in front of 18,000 people where, where the spotlight's on me. It's like that deeper connection. That's, that's why I do it. Because you know you've made someone's night or been part of making someone's night. It's a no. better way to say it. Now you've subtly um, dropped the hint a few times about there's an upcoming book, perhaps. I don't know. I heard a rumor, but uh, do you guys <laughs> just get the press release live? <laughs> are you uh, on the on the uh, press tour already, or are you are we like the first? The, fir of, the first. I actually think you're the first people. Yeah. Breaking ground, boys. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us about it. What's the title? Oh, release thank date, you for all that good uh, stuff. <laughs> title will not be announced till it comes out, but you'll you'll know it's the Cameron Hughes story. It's it's stories from a professional crowd igniter, uh, like a lot of what I've shared uh, today. It's um, you know it talks about you know what it going for, what it, the highs and lows, um, some of the crazy moments from you know being on a float in the NBA Finals to um, you know might have ended up <laughs> meeting Prince one night at his house. Oh wow! And um, and then the, and then a lot of the minor league tales of like crazy stuff that happened in minor league games and it's not a it's not a tell all like oh my god you're not going to believe it like after the game I went and partied for you know 
in Vegas with so and so because a that didn't happen unfortunately, but b it's not something that you know anyhow it's not part of my life. So it's it's a fun it's just the fun stories you know and take what you want from them. I think that's the whole thing. I I don't think people want to be lectured, so it's it's more the fun side of it. And just curious with your self-deprecation of I don't, I don't have any other skill except for igniting a crowd did you write this entire book yourself or did you have a ghostwriter what's the next question did you <laughs> <laughs> did you create this podcast uh, by yourself or was it uh, uh we're, he we're, had me we're copying joe rogan <laughs> to hopefully get that contract next <laughs> i'm copying david goggins who wrote you can't hurt me uh i mean i I'll, i will answer this uh, I wrote the first draft of the book. It's all from me. Okay. Nice. And that's to me what matters. Absolutely. See, so you do have other skills. You can add author to that title. Soon Sharp. enough. Soon By the enough. way, I put author beside my like email signature years ago, and everyone's like, you don't even know where to put a comma. How can you say you're an author? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. So we, we're, we're, we're getting to the end here. Um, we have a question. We have a question that we ask every single one of our guests, and I I love this question just because the responses we get are so unique, just because it's based on each person's individual life. So what's... uh, Should we all take a deep breath here? I'm a little nervous. Well, not for this question, but the next one. Um, (laughs) A mantra. What's your mantra? Um, What's my mantra? Something you live by. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, well, I mean, that's a, jeez, it's a deep question, but it's like, I think the cheer you give is the cheer you get. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my give to get, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. but I, I really believe in the cheer you give is the cheer you get. And uh, I, the other day, a friend of mine had posted, um, you know, he was in sports and he posted a video that he did uh, of a news conference announcing something and, and, and going over this whole thing. And a lot of people could have just liked that tweet, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I decided to send him a private message. I actually <laughs> sent him a voice text of saying how proud I, w- I was of how, how great he did, how well-spoken he was, how hard he's worked, all this stuff. Well, he wrote back saying, I'm choked up by your response. Thank you. Right? Yep. And the point being is that we need to do more of that, of cheering each other on because you get it back. Today I got a text from someone. I announced that I was, you know, finishing my book from a guy I hadn't talked to ten years. You know, a page and almost a page saying, "I'm so proud of you. I know how hard it is." That's the life circle of you know cheering each other on that I I, I think is really important. Cameron, I could not agree with you more on that. And um, it wasn't that long ago that I saw some uh, a business acquaintance that I hadn't seen for a while and, you know, spent a little time together going out to dinner and stuff like that. And the next day I got like a handwritten note from this guy saying, hey, Kent, so great to see you. So proud of what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And getting a handwritten note from somebody, that just doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> and that little three sentence handwritten note that I got from him meant more to me than anything I, I couldn't even imagine. You know, it's just little things like that, you know, taking the time to just as you said, you know, reach out to somebody and tell them they did a great job or what have you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've almost, uh, you know, and this isn't bragging or this is just a fact, but it's a fact with a major brag at the end. Um, I've sent, I've sent not every team, but, um, I have a really, I'm really proud of my track record on the way I've, I've thanked everyone that's hired me. 
I'm not, it's not perfect. I'm not pretending to be, but I send them something or an acknowledgement of some kind because they went out of their way to make, you know, you know, my career, but also to make their fans or whoever, you know, they brought in to experience life in a more fun way. Yep. Just like you said, the cheer you give is the cheer you get. I love that. Now I got one last question and it's probably in the book and you're going to turn me down on this one, but what's the biggest name celebrity athlete ever that you were completely starstruck? Let's call them right now. Do you want to call them? (laughs) (laughs) He's calling, he's calling like I couldn't speak. Like Like the biggest one for you that you like will never forget. Uh, I think it was, I think it's an, uh, I mean, I, I, my, my mind went to two, but I'll go to one. It would be Roger Federer, um, tennis player from Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I was at his charity tennis event. We surprised him. He didn't know I was going to be performing at it. And his agent said, I'm the only one who's ever made him laugh during, during a changeover at a tennis match. Because <laughs> there's a video of Scott, Scott, I don't know how many million views of him watching me while he was supposed to be focusing. Yeah. So they bring me into his charity event. And after I performed at the doubles part where he was playing with Bill Gates, unbeknownst to me, his agent, uh, Tony Godsick, brings him by to meet me. And I was not ready for it. Thank, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't. <laughs> and I literally was like, hello. You know, I was, I, I was starstruck. And then he said, oh, I enjoy watching you at the U.S. Open. And thank you for being here. And he knew I did it as a, you know, a charity thing, a pro bono thing. And he was so grateful. And it was like, a moment I'll never forget because kind of back to what Ken said about getting that handwritten letter, that, that, that authenticity and appreciation is, uh, is undervalued right now. And it's something that I, I hope that we, we all can get back to. Completely agree. So I'm curious, what do you tell the person sitting at, uh, at a game, much like you were at that Senators game, feeling like you did at that Senators game? Like they just have this pent up energy inside and they want to stand up and they want to get this crowd going, but they're afraid. What do you tell that person? Make sure you have enough room on your credit card. Go buy 10 T-shirts and just go for it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> That's no, I mean, I think it's like, to, to, I, a real quick answer is just start something. Start a quick go team, go cheer, and then see where it goes. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be the guy or the girl on the video board right away. Let it happen. Yeah, I like it. That's the problem is I'm not passionate enough about the local teams. <laughs> so I'm always going for the but other team and getting yelled at. But you're passionate about <laughs> the, the experience. Guy around heckling the other fan base for the Mets, you know, like the Mets could hire you. That's oh, what a lot of people used to say. Oh, do you travel with like, you know, the Senators or the Leafs? I'm like, yeah. no, they don't really want to see me going cheering them on in another arena. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. You're not, you're not much of a fighter, we'll say. <laughs> Just bringing the cheer. Well, All about love. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we've about covered it on our end. Is there anything, Cameron, in particular that maybe we didn't talk about that you want to get out there? No, I, I feel great about this. I think that uh, you know, like I said before, I admire you guys for doing this. And you know, we don't. We, I think when when you put yourself out there, you never know who you're reaching. So I hope whoever's listening is like you know, and, you know, is grateful for what you guys are doing. And I'm grateful for you guys having me on. And I can't wait to send you guys the book. Just Venmo me, full retail, no big deal. And <laughs> Shameless plug. I, I have, yeah, about to. About, oh wait, you want to talk more about the book? No. <laughs> I, I I had a funny idea. Maybe you guys can give me some feedback on this. Uh, to put out a tweet, like you know how they do the surveys yep. of who should get a free book. Hmm. Everyone who's ever hired me, everyone whose name is mentioned in the book, no one, just family. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great idea. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. You got anything else, Shoots? I think we're good. I, I Thank you. That's all I got. Yeah. Producer Jake? Loved it. Good awesome, stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Cameron, thank you so much again for being here with us. Guys, thank you. And uh, I, I mean that when I come to Arizona, let's get to him. Hey, we might come to Ottawa first. You never know. I'm not allowed in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You both. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, man. We'll definitely keep in touch. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate thank it. You. Yep. With that, uh, check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn by searching for The Geoholics and download all our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. And of course, make sure you go to Land Surveyors United and download our app. It is so freaking cool. Email us at info at thegeoholics.com if you're interested in being a friend of the program or a guest on the future show. YouTube, Vertical, taking us out, available on Spotify, Apple Music. Please support our friends of the program every chance you get. Pay it forward, add value, make friends, and most importantly, be safe and healthy, everybody. Thank you to our friends of the program, Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com, Parkland College Land Survey Program, parkland.edu forward slash surveying, Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I, dot arrow bad elf bad dash elf dot com advanced geodetic survey ags gps dot com safety apparel safety apparel dot us diamondback land surveying dback ls dot com get kids into survey get kids into survey dot com